This is Limit Up, the place where we explore markets, strategies, and trading psychology to take your trading to the next level. Hello, traders. It's Eddie Horn from Top Step. Welcome to Limit Up, 50-plus podcasts, solid, educational, and entertaining. Yes, we've had some fantastic conversations with some of the biggest names in the trading world. Now, I hope you took some notes, and if you didn't, for this podcast, I suggest you should start. Uh, in this special podcast, it's a collection of some of our best and most impactful conversations we've had here on Top Step's Limit Up. Ready for Limit Up's Best of the Best. Jack Schwager is a well-known author, fund manager, and industry expert in futures and hedge funds. He's published a number of books such as Market Wizards. Now, a good trader is consistent and profitable. Would you agree? I would. Now, a good trader also knows their limitations. In this interview with Jack Schwager, let's listen to what Jack says about what goes into good trading. Well, there is no there is no formula. In fact, the, the concept that there is a formula is actually, I think, very misguided. So what I always tell people, and this is, you know, this I've seen this, you know, through all these decades of interviewing traders repeatedly, good traders don't have, didn't find a formula like reading a book or something like that, whether my book or any other book. They basically got, I mean, they, they get information from different sources. They may learn from different people, but ultimately they develop their own methodology. And there are two kind of core elements to any successful trader. One, they've developed a core method, their own methodology, which has some edge. You know, it doesn't have to be a large edge, but it has to have some edge. If there's no edge, then there's no way you can win over the long term. And secondly, they've learned risk management. So I'd say those are the two essential ingredients. So you have to develop your own methodology that has some sort of edge. And I don't care if it's purely fundamental, purely technical. Uh, some combination of the two, short-term, long-term, futures trading, stock trading, you know, give me a million different variations. I, I don't care that any of them could work as long as it's kind of what what is right for you, what would you gravitate towards and find works, and and you've combined with money management. And the approaches are totally, totally different. I mean, you know, some of the fundamental guys I've interviewed uh, have complete disdain for chart analysis, never used it. Think it's uh, done a bunch of nonsense, right. and the technical some of the tech, pure technical guys I've interviewed uh, talk about how they just lost money on fundamentals and finally made money a lot of money trading uh, technicals. Uh, and there's people who combine the two. You know, it's like somebody like a Kovner who's who's heavily fundamental and could talk to you. Um, you know, when I talk, it could have discussed the intricacies of the economies of any developed nation and probably some undeveloped ones. But he would also look at charts, you know, whether he uh, talked about it. Well, he, he did talk about it to some extent, but he basically used both. So it doesn't really make a difference as long as it's right for you. We took somebody like Rogers, who's just pure long-term fundamentals, uh, give him charts. And it's only, first of all, he's not going to pay attention to it. But if you ever tried using it, he, you know, it would be negative. So uh, you have to find your own approach. And again, the money management I come back to, because especially novice traders don't really understand this, that. It's not so much the trading methodology that's absolutely critical to trading survival, but it's the money management. Brett Steenbarger, clinical associate professor of psychiatry and behavioral science, uh, worked as a performance coach for hedge fund portfolio managers and traders, and has written several books on trading psychology. 
Well, many good traders never make it to great traders, which is what every trader shoots for. We are all here to succeed, but only those who follow the correct guidelines will make a career of successful trading. Why is this? Well, let's hear what Brett Steenbarger has to share with us about successful traders. Now, you've worked with some of the best traders of our time. What is it about how they approach trading and what makes them great? Well, the successful ones uh, truly do approach trading as a performance activity, just like an Olympic athlete pursues sports as a performance activity or a world-class actress or actor uh, pursues their craft in a performance manner. The, The successful trader is always working on their game. They're always reviewing performances. They're always learning from performances. They are always working on themselves. And that's a huge part of what makes a performance activity lead us to ultimately to peak performance. The term that's used in the research literature is deliberate practice, where every performance is treated like a practice where we learn what we did well, where we learn what we didn't do well, and keep setting goals, keep improving what we do. Now, you mentioned performance a few times. And if you sort of go full circle, everything that is taught in the trading business has to do with performance, whether it is uh, discipline, patience, management. You need to be your best at those points. Now, uh, performance is every bit as much about maximizing your strength and minimizing your weaknesses. Now, if we can, uh, let's drill down on that a bit because it's very easy to get self-crucial. Let me ask you, much of trading performance is in being self-aware. How do I know what I do well in trading? It really does take some study. It takes some review. One of the things I've written about on the blog and also in the books is that in any performance activity, the elite performer spends more time working on their performance than actually performing in competition. So if you think about the amount of hours and days spent by a basketball team practicing and the amount of time they spend in an actual game, uh, there's a lot more time spent in working on the game than in actually playing. And the same thing is true when actors and actresses rehearse on stage or musicians rehearse. They spend more time in preparation than they do in performing. Many, 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 many traders spend their time in front of screens, trading, and relatively little time working on their trading, or studying their trading. And as a result, they have a hard time learning what their strengths are. They don't really review their successes. They don't review their mistakes. And so they end up not really understanding themselves, and therefore, they can't really develop themselves. I don't want to say quick fix, but as a trader, trading electronically here, um, What are some of the red flags that we might see or that might warn us, hey, you know what, 
you've sort of veered off the path a little bit. You need to get yourself back uh, back on the path. Um, what can we at least break down from our trading? And how, how would we break down our trading and find out what are those culprits? Right. Uh, and I think it's a good question. I would just add that I do think it's important to find out what we're doing well, what our strengths are as well, um, so that we're reviewing uh, the positives that we can build on as well as the negatives that we can uh, correct. For several different firms, I've been involved in the recruitment process in hiring traders to um, manage money. And one of the red flags for the recruits is when I hear from them, I really have a passion for trading. When someone tells me that, I basically know that they're fucked. That's a technical psychological term. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, seriously, the real successful ones have a passion for markets. They have a passion for understanding markets. They have a passion for mastery. And trading is the result of that. The ones who have a passion for trading, is, it's like having a passion for playing poker or having a, a passion for playing roulette. It becomes little more than gambling because they don't really have the passion for working on their game. Mm-hmm. No. So here, so here okay. are a few things that uh, traders uh, will do. They will set up processes both for preparing for the market day and for reviewing their performance on the market day. Preparing for the market day means looking at where opportunity is, what's going on in the world. It's it's culling ideas, talking with knowledgeable people, and putting that together into some tentative game plan for what you think is moving and how you want to try to exploit that. So there's a whole preparation process that starts before you place that first trade. And some of that preparation process is self-preparation, getting yourself into a peak performance state, both mentally and physically. So many, many traders I work with will work out in the morning before the market opens. They might do some meditation and get themselves in a clear focused mindset before the market opens. They're working on themselves as well as preparing for that trading day. And that's all part of a process that's repeatable that becomes a set of positive habit patterns. Now, on the back end, there's the review of the trading day. What did you do well? What could you have done better? How do you want to use that information to set goals for the next day. And once you set a goal, how are you going to pursue that goal? What's your plan for putting that goal into action? It's not enough just to say, oh, I'm going to try to do this better. I'll be more disciplined. No, specifically, how will you do that? With uh, a number of the day traders I work with at uh, SMB, you might be familiar with them, we, we have a daily report card. Every single day, they're sending out a report card that goes to the other traders, that goes to their team leaders, that goes to me, that goes to their mentor. So everything's public. Everyone's commenting on everyone's goals. And it really gets people focused on working on their game. Belinda Rashke, commodities and futures traders. She's president of the LBR Group, a registered CTA and money management firm and president of LBR Asset Management. Well, with a line of work dominated by men, 
Linda is the shining star among many successful, diversified traders in the financial world. Sharing her ideology and experience, here is an excerpt from an interview with Linda and Mick Hieronimo on the seriousness that traders need to understand trading as a professional and gaining experience, which is so important. I don't see anybody knocking it out of the park right when they start off trading, though, because everybody seems to be a little respectful. So you're usually going to be on smaller size. If you're mm -hmm. so stupid as to do big size, you're probably going to get whacked. Um, I just don't think there's any way around the learning curve. I think the best thing to do is just be conservative and recognize that there's no need to pay too much money for your education. Everybody's going to pay a little bit of money for an education. There's mm -hmm. just no way around that, you know. But I do know lots of people that have traded for a year and not lost money. You see, that's the whole point of the game. It's it's the not losing. Quit quit trying to knock it out of the park or make money. Just quit trying to make money and just think about not losing money and think about what is your process? What is your strategy? What is your methodology? You know, are you following the game plan and the signals? You know, if you put yourself into that type of framework, it's much more akin to counting cards and watching is the deck hot or cold and just counting mm -hmm. the cards instead of trying to force something. And um, you're just there to gain a experience. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm so happy you said that. You're there to gain experience. Um, when I first started trading, there were a number of people I knew from the wheat pit that I walked around and talked to and said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm getting started. You know, what, what can you tell me? And they'd say, well, don't lose money. Um, and I'm like, well, yeah, I don't want to lose money. I'm, I want to <laughs> make a ton of money. Um, you know, why are you telling me that? And I would say that to them and they'd be like, well, listen, you know, you're going to have to be learning things, you know, being new to these markets. And if you can break even on your first year, year and gain knowledge during that first year, you're going to be in really good shape. Yeah. You know, people neglect to remember that if you go to medical school, it's four years and then there's another two years of residency. You know, that's a six year period where you're paying money, not really making money before you can go off and make half a million dollars a year. Mm -hmm. And this business is exactly the same way. You want to aim for making that kind of money, you're going to have to do your six years medical school and residency. So it's like any profession. It takes time and study and it seems easy on the perp on the surface because everything looks like a little video game, you know, and yes. I think um, people like to play video games and video games are a contained system. You know, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't have all these outside dynamic inputs and fuzzy variables, you know, that are constantly unfolding. And I think that's what trips people up is um, not recognizing that the marketplace and the financial data is not a closed system. So you can't play it as a linear game in the fashion that, right. you know, we're accustomed to. Tony Saliba is a financial industry executive who is the founder of Saliba Venture Management, LLC, which he started 
back in July of 2015. He's the author of Managing Expectations. From the trading pits to the electronic trading arena, Tony has learned from the best and used it to gain an incredible career and livelihood in the business with no mercy. Let's tune in to some of the secrets in trading Tony is sharing. What would you suggest for a trader that uh, probably traded, you know, let's say a year, maybe two years, had some bad habits, trying to turn those over, at least get rid of those and fill those in with good habits? What would you suggest to a trader to, to rid those old habits, to put those old habits to rest? I mean, I know it's a buzzword these days. Uh, I cannot stress mentorship enough. I don't care who you are or how gifted you are. You cannot exchange IQ for experience. You know, that's a broad statement and it needs some clarification. So what I'll say is that not all mentors are created equally. Obviously, you need a good communicator. You need someone who has experience. I have a guy that works for me that Um, He's been with me for 20 years. And when we met, he said, uh, I want to work for you. Uh, You've made millions. And my dad used to always say to me, you know, if you want to be the best batter on the team, you don't go and talk to a guy who's a great bowler. You seek out that batting champ or that guy who's hitting 300 consistently and hang with him and see what he does, and ask him questions, and observe what is making a difference in his approach. And, you know, I've learned from the people that I work with, and I try to teach them. So mentorship or mentoring is the big difference between success and non-success, or success and failure, with big trading shops and do-it-yourself, self-directed traders. Now, Is that 100%? No. There are gifted people that can figure things out on their own, and they use surrogates for their mentorship. They maybe read more or watch more video or or end up talking to some people. But for the most part, those individuals who listen to people who've done it before, who have success, are imparting those pearls, uh, have a much better chance at success. So it's mentorship. And it's as simple as this. So we've gotten into the crypto space in the past year. And, you know, I've started reading about Bitcoin right when it was made known in 09 or early 10. We had a we had a guy who wrote for it uh, in our research department. I, I love to read him. So I was reading everything he put out. And I thought it was interesting. And so after a couple of years I, of reading about it or 15 months, I said, okay, that's cool. I know everything I need to know. Put it down, got busy with something else. And, you know, before I knew it, you know, five plus years went by and I wasn't involved. I wanted to get involved last year. So I sought out people who had been doing it, started asking them questions and immersed myself. But it takes mentorship to get up that curve so people can redirect you in a very human sense. Okay, you can learn discipline. Now you can get a you can get somebody who claims to be a mentor that doesn't have a lot of good habits, and you you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, I I think with us being on the trading floor and and us having that opportunity, same position is there were some 
people that wanted to be a mentor didn't really stack up. There was others that didn't want to be a mentor, but they had all the right information. So it was like a pick and choose. You know, when I was on the trading floor, I was a sponge and I'd absorb as much information I could and then I'd filter it out, use what I needed. Um, and you know, that's what I share with a lot of the listeners about being a sponge. There's a lot of educators out there, you know, take and choose what works for you. You don't have to use it right away. File it away. If there's decent information, a decent educator, file it away. And maybe later on down the road, you can pull it out of your file cabinet and, and use that and use it. Now, we talk about goals. Now, I'm, I'm, my mentors, the ones that I really took a liking to, would quiz me and and ask me, what's your goal for today? What's your goal for the week? I use that again with my listeners, with, with traders, people that I try to mentor. You know, have a set plan. Tony, how would you recommend traders set goals nowadays? Since you're, you're a mentor for many, many traders. Depending upon your purpose or desire for trading, is it for your absolute livelihood? Is it to enhance your income? Is it to increase your assets of an already reasonable nest egg? Is it for fun? Is it, you know, shoot the lights out alternative to going to Vegas? I mean, not everybody sits down in front of a machine to trade these days for the same reasons. And depending upon, I don't care what you say, it isn't all about, well, I just want to make the most I can because that isn't necessarily a reasonable guide. So if it's your livelihood, and you're counting on this to be your career, you would have a different approach to things than, well, I've got a nest egg and I want to enhance my returns through a bit of trading on a part-time basis. And your risk-reward profile, if you will, is going to be different than that of grinding it out for your living or shooting the lights out for some fun. So that's where I would start in saying, well, you know, how much do I need to make every day? You know, what is my intended target? And that's, you know, where I would start with that goal. So the market can give to everyone. There's enough in the market to give to everyone. Depending where you live and who you are, a six-figure annual income is a pretty admirable income. Sure. And particularly if you look at globally, okay? So if you start to add smart young men and women in India or in China or other parts of the world where incomes are considerably and drastically different than they are in the West and particularly in the U.S., a $50,000, you know, $4,000 a month income in India, you live like a king. Okay, so the market can give to many. It's just that someone like yourself or myself who've been doing this for a long time may not find it interesting to sit in front of a machine all day for four or eight or $10,000 a month. Okay. So different lifestyles, different goals, different objectives in terms of um, revenue generation or, or compensation achievement will dictate your style of trading, 
your discipline, how you approach trading. I worked in the early days with psychologists and therapists to understand different personality traits of the traders that I had, different aggressive and and passive um, tendencies. So, you know, not everybody can trade options. I, I can't sit and scalp futures. You know, we're all predisposed to different things. So setting your goals are, are really a factor of the, all those components, Eddie. And it, there isn't one size fits all. Uh, there's soul searching. There's an understanding of, of where you want to be. But the market can feed many, 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 many people when you consider simply Forex, U.S. or I'm sorry, equities, options and futures globally. Uh, there's enough in the money river to feed a lot of people at very reasonable annual incomes. Larry Benedict, four trader, hedge fund wizard, and founder of Opportunistic Trader. My conversation with Larry was an eye-opening experience. Larry took what opportunity he had, and he made the best of it. What is a great trader, and who can be a great trader? Take notice on what Larry shares. This will help you in your trading journey. I've managed hundreds of traders in my career, and I always ask the question to myself, what is the makeup of a great trader or not even a great trader, but a trader that could make money? And really, you know, it all comes down to a couple of things. And one is, you know, the most important thing is discipline. Okay, And knowing that you can make a lot of trades. So, you know, really, I think what the struggle was, was a struggle with understanding discipline, understanding, you know, that the trade that I was making didn't have to define me and it was not the last trade I was going to make. And understanding that, you know, there'll be other opportunities if this opportunity didn't work or this trade didn't work. And once I got past the fact that this trade didn't have to be the only trade and accepting losses would be another thing that I think is important for new traders and traders in the industry to understand a lot of the problem that I've seen over the years in looking at numbers of traders is basically the point of finality or getting out of a losing trade. That's, you know, something that I struggled with early on and sort of got past. And another thing that I think is, you know, really important and is a makeup of what I think is a, you know, a very good trader is somebody that is very aggressive, um, that can pull the trigger and, you know, which is also a very hard part of trading that I've noticed over the years is, you know, getting the confidence to make the trade after you see it, you know? So those things I think are important. Let me ask you, um, about, uh, the uh, importance of you're talking about discipline management. Again, I'm going to add patience in there. Uh, I know that you are huge on management. Uh, one thing I like to tell people is, Hey, manage yourself and manage your account. That's if you can, if you can handle that, it, you're, you're going to be walking a straight path. Management is just so important. Tell us about management. Along with discipline, which probably coincides with management it's it's probably the most critical thing in in trading and you've got to you know you've got to enter a trade knowing what you're going to make 
not not really as much knowing what you're going to make, but knowing what you're going to lose and assuming what you're willing to take. So, for example, you know, I, I do a lot of S&Ps, um, 500 futures. Um, that's really my expertise. Um, probably made money in those equity indexes probably more than anything else that I, I've ever traded. But what I'll do is we'll use sort of around the current price of 2770. You know, I would enter a trade if I wanted to buy or sell at that price, putting a stop into the marketplace. Okay. And then having an idea what I'd like to make on that trade. And, you know, people always skew like risk reward. Like, you know, if you're going to risk six, you should make six. A lot of my trading wasn't done that way. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of trades in a day, a couple of hundred trades a day, minimally. And, you know, a lot of times I would risk six to make one, make one and a half, make two. But I was quick to get in and out. So I would enter, exit, enter, exit. But I always knew by utilizing the stop loss or the price that I knew I was getting out that my risk on the trade was defined and it it created really a lot of upside for me because it built in the discipline and made it a business to me. When you were just starting out and if you could and you could tell yourself something, what would you tell yourself back then? If you were your own mentor, you, you saw yourself as a young trader and uh, you had some advice, what would you say? Well, you know, the, the trading floor, I'll start by this. Unfortunately, <laughs> the trading floor is a thing of the past. So trading is now electronic. You, you could look at it as the trading floor, but nothing will ever be like the trading floor. The trading floor was the most unique environment mm -hmm. that I've ever, ever experienced. You could be standing next to a PhD from Harvard standing next to someone who may not have graduated high school. And the environment was amazing because it was it was ultra competitive. But as you said, mentors, you know, friends, the bottom line is I had a lot of mentors or people I looked up to on the floor that were ultra disciplined, you know, strict money makers, mm -hmm. you know, and I got a lot out of them, but no one was handing you free advice. It was kind of you know, different. And it's sort of, I guess, maybe like the environment now, you're kind of on your own. And, you know, that's my thought. You know, you don't want to trade alone. So, you know, for me, I utilized everything that I saw, but knowing guys were my friends, but potentially the guy standing next to me who I may have dinner with was going to make money off me if he could. I mean, that was just the environment. So, so to, to preface the question, you know, there's no more floor, but the floor was unique and it gave me an unbelievable discipline. But what what I would tell people now is the most important thing really is work. You know, a lot of people say, you know, and they sell trading as a business that it's not work. They're like, oh, come trade. You know, you can make a ton of money. It's not hard. It, it's work. And, you know, my advice to myself, looking back on it, because you know, I struggled a little bit at the onset with some of these problems was I wanted to be a master of everything. So, you know, if people were trading IBM, I wanted to be an IBM. And if they were trading, uh, you know, Teledyne or other stocks, 
I wanted to be in that, you know, and I was trading S&Ps. And my my advice to myself looking back on it, and I think I would have been much more successful earlier, is is basically to to become a expert in what you're looking at. Okay, so whether that be, you know, bank stocks or, you know, or 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 seeing correlations that, you know, you can understand and 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 have the advantage over over someone that's sort of not the expert in the space. So, you know, I, I would tell myself to, you know, really concentrate in a much more confined universe of equities and indices and commodities. Bringing you the best in trading education, Limit Up. Now, these and many more valuable podcasts are available for you to listen to here on Limit Up. All right, traders, as always, thank you for spending time with us. And if you have enjoyed this interview, please feel free to leave us a rating or review. It helps us reach new traders. Until then, uh, we'll see you next time. Take care. I'm Eddie Horn. Bye-bye. Editing and podcasting production of this episode was done by Dante32. Futures in Forex trading contain substantial risk and is not for every investor. An investor could potentially lose all or more than their initial investment. Risk capital is money that can be lost without jeopardizing one's financial security or lifestyle. Only risk capital should be used for trading, and only those with sufficient risk capital should consider trading. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results.